we need to be a lot more simpler founder friendly i think the number one thing i want to see this ecosystem do is support founders in their entire journey not only when they're becoming unicorns or going ipo or raising their next series a but all through especially when they are maybe closing a company like i spoke with somebody this morning ping me yesterday to say hey i'm shutting down my company and uh, you know we got on a call to say hey these are the five things you need to do and let's put a date to it because that's also work but that's work nobody's going to come and like yeah help you with mm-hmm. right today we had sairi chahal on the pod uh, sairi is the founder of shiro's mahila money and appreciate cap sairi is responsible for bringing women in india to the internet today shiro's has over 20 million users mahila money is a full stack financial product and services platform for women in india through appreciate capital sairi is backing other founders in the ecosystem in this episode we covered topics like the founding story of shiro's and mahila money challenges faced by women entrepreneurs mahila money's mission and how it has impacted women entrepreneurs in india her reflections on angel investing she's done over 25 angel investments as of now what change she would like to see in the ecosystem it's mostly around she want to see more founder friendly ecosystem her learnings as a founder we also discussed how she keeps herself balanced through meditation through yoga through quiet time and much more now i bring you sairi sairi so good to have you on the pod thank you thank you for pinging me and i'm so glad i'm so glad to talk to you again absolutely uh, you know i remember i think the first time we got connected uh, was back in 2019 and and i had just recently moved back to india and i was trying to just you know yeah. uh, get into the ecosystem and learn uh, about the ecosystem and build a network and you were so kind enough uh, to grab a you know coffee which is uh, i think the restaurant uh, or the cafe is right next to the uh, shiro's office so thanks for being uh, you know so uh, kind uh, with your time and and with your you know all the support uh, really appreciate that of course of course my pleasure and so good to see you grow so good to see you you know i followed the podcast cast and I've followed all the work so yeah well done there Awesome. So, Sari, what we'll do is, uh, you know, I think you really, uh, you were the pioneer of uh, bringing, uh, you know, women uh, to the internet in India, and you did that through Shiro's, where you know you were uh, really giving them a platform where you could empower them and support them, and then you're becoming a big platform. I think about 20 million uh, women users are on the platform, and. uh a few years back i think in 2021 you founded uh mahila money which is again the next step uh to empower women with capital and other resources maybe you can uh, tell us about the founding story of uh, mahila money yeah yeah absolutely actually uh before shiro's there was flexi moms it was a much smaller project but that was the you know the side hustle project that grew grew uh, fast and led me to build shiro's uh shiro's is stand this year and i think uh, it's been phenomenal i would have never imagined uh in 2013 when we first started that this is what's going to happen to the india landscape you know we we had tiny ambitions i mean we had ambitions and you know in our own head we thought they were big but uh we're completely a beneficiary of our ecosystem to begin with mm-hmm. but what's also true at the same time is we are still a gender poor country i mean it's 2023 and you know i know we passed the women's reservation bill uh this week but by the time we start seeing the first 
outcomes like the early outcomes it'll be 2040 yeah you know uh none of our numbers stack up the amount of capital that goes to women women in weak women in workforce uh i think um you know consumption of financial services by women so they just do any index you can pick up and it's not really uh you know pointing in the right direction so that's that's been the core thesis of building shiros you know and of course with shiros we were early so we did a lot of you know stack building we built everything right like companies in asia have to do the whole stack you can't go deep because you're at such a nascent market so we built an entire ecosystem building of counseling of employment of skilling entrepreneurship content we cordoned off the internet we put a gender filter on the internet yeah. and we sort of you know got that whole thing going why we did all that i think given that in 2023 we we're still grappling with a lot of what we started with some changes have happened women have come online um more women are educated women in stem is growing women in mba colleges is growing uh but we still feel that there's there is a need to find massive levers like building shiros the thesis of women's internet was a lever it was a big lever and look at this whole ecosystem now there are at least 10 companies who are building the next shiros right we are now all know it uh this will continue to grow you will see vertical companies companies that only do employment companies that only do entrepreneurship co companies that become content platforms and community platforms and that's how it all grows from there, right? The one lever that's been bothering me, and I've been part of this journey myself, is capital available to women, right? So we know on the venture side, the story is women get less than 2% of the venture capital globally. India doesn't sort of, you know, we are not far behind on those numbers at all, right? Yeah. So we're pretty much stash up. And the capital is not just venture capital, right? And most women who are not part of formal workforce today are part of uh, you can call digital natives. So almost 200 to 50 million women came online in the last five, five, seven years. A mm -hmm. uh, lot of first-time payment users, a lot of first-time commerce users, companies like Misho, Flipkart have done a huge job of building that market. Yep. Entrepreneurship and internet plus payments is native now, right? And that's changing a lot of how the women's story is shaping up in India. So I always say this corporate India's loss is entrepreneurship's gain, but how do you catalyze that gain? Yeah. I think there's a whole generation of women who don't come from any privilege, who don't come from any agency or any real commercial agency, and the capital really needs to go there. And how do we make it happen? So, uh, you know, I mean, we, we know India FinTech's growing. We've seen, you know, SME lending and early salary lending and BNPL and every cohort and microfinance has already happened. There's a whole cohort, which is women online, digitally connected, running a neighborhood business. So think Sri Devi in English for English. Mm -hmm. Who is financing Sri Devi in English? You know, so that's how my Lamini came around to say there are too many women who are really smart and they're all connected and they are massive contributors to India's GDP today, but they are going to be bigger contributors as we go along. So how do we create this big lever and put more power in their hands? So capital is that superpower. So my Lamini essentially is built for the woman entrepreneur who's not building for venture, who's building a neighborhood business, uh, will employ anywhere between two to 20 people you know, in her outfit and uh, will continue to build build a local business, but is a digital native now. And uh, yeah, so that's the story with Mahila Mani. We build, you can call us a neobank for women, very focused on this persona. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, uh, 
you know, adding other consumption of financial products, savings and wealth and, uh, you know, interesting customizations around uh, credit and, of course, protection, insurance, all of that. So that's that's where we are. We're a post-microfinance platform, mm -hmm. uh, very, very focused on a certain persona of an entrepreneurial woman who is... Uh, who's new to our ecosystem and capital hasn't reached her yet, you know? So, so we're excited to be doing that. And part of the second part of doing this is of course, uh, I think for many years I've done Saturdays with Sairi. It used to be in our office where you had come mm -hmm. and then, um, COVID happened, it went online. So literally conversations with women founders to say, Hey, what's up? What are you building? How can I help? Yeah. I think that how can I help after one time? really needed me to write a check because mm -hmm. to me it was feeling a little fraud mm -hmm. if you were just giving yarn and uh, so it started with literally what you can call solidarity checks small checks hey go get the round started let's round up other people let's sort of get this job done mm -hmm. and um, yeah and i think there's there's something to be done there so i do believe that we need both levers we need venture but we also need a lot of you know commercial debt capital for small businesses and uh, and it's a needle mover, right? We've seen how much India's benefited from the influx of capital in the last, you know, decade or so. You know, this is just starting out. So we definitely need, we have more space to consume all of this. And I hope as new capital comes into this country, you know, it goes to women disproportionately. Yeah, got it. So, uh, Sairi, we'll break down uh, Mahila Money and uh, uh, Appreciate Capital in two parts. Uh, so for now, uh, if one has to take uh, a loan on uh, Mahila Money, they'll come to the app. What check sizes or what, you know, what's the amount one can yeah. get the loan? And secondly, uh, maybe you can tell us a couple of real life stories, yes. how uh, the loan has really helped the yeah. users yeah. Uh, in a very, very meaningful way. Absolutely. Actually, uh, so I'll tell you funnily how this started. It started in the middle of COVID. So uh, it was not Mahila money back then. It was literally Sari Chahal giving personal account money to women she knew. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, but it was something that was you know, really brewing in my head to say, hey, like, you know, uh, and of course, uh, I give a lot of credit to Sri Devi in English English. She just personified the persona. I know the movie was about learning English, but to me, it was about a small business mm -hmm. and the agency that comes with it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we work with women who already have a small business. So it could be a beauty parlor. It could be a neighborhood fashion boutique. It could be a yoga studio, tuition center, mm -hmm. preschool, uh, anything that's sort of most of these businesses are service businesses some of them are product businesses like upcoming d2c brands mm -hmm. uh we do anywhere between fifty thousand rupees to now 25 lakh rupees uh in terms of loans mm -hmm. uh the only caveat is that we only do productive loans which means the loan has to be used for a business purpose so you can learn a skill so let's say you're a chef and you want to learn baking as a new skill or you want to go to you know some special class to learn about you know cupcakes then you can you know take a loan from us mm -hmm. uh, you want to buy an asset that will help your business it could be an oven it could be machinery it could be an ev or a laptop we will finance it you need working capital materials and inventory we will finance that as well uh, and of course uh, uh, most of uh, this happens obviously on the mailamani app the other thing that we think is important and uh, we as founders have benefited is 
it's not just capital right mm-hmm. you need more than capital to succeed so mahila bini brings a lot of that more than capital you know business help you know how do i file gst or yeah. you know can somebody help me interpret my this year's financial results or uh, how do i make my first balance sheet or how do i start tracking income and expenses better how do i make more customers on instagram so just very fundamentals of you know building a small business unfortunately there's no mba school that teaches you that it's yeah. literally a lot of brass tacks we are all you know we got here because we we've been practicing this long time now mm-hmm. but imagine somebody who came online only 5 years ago right so yeah. she hasn't yet fully made the most of all the tools and resources that that you need uh, on the internet so building uh, a lot of support with money yeah. is how we do this uh, and of course lending to women is very peculiar like if you go to any bank or you you actually look at india lending numbers less than 10% of all loans go to women actually 7% is the number oh. so so it's still you know quite crazy the only category that has some sort of parity is home loans because there's a tax benefit added to it mm. uh so home home loans are shared but business loans don't go to women easily if um you're an average woman applying for a loan to a bank it's typically very hard you know that journey one your ticket size is not valid good enough for the bank to work on you the manager is not incentivized to sort of spend time with you understand your business make a case for you uh second uh the woman needs to go to a branch and moment you have to step outside the house tell your family that you're going to the bank branch to get a loan it has already become a family matter and the agency has gone away yeah. so our commitment to women is it's your loan it's all digital uh we don't need a guarantor collateral we don't need any anything or anybody it's got your name on it and you're responsible for it completely uh and that's really like the simplest promise one can make uh you know to get this going unfortunately this didn't exist right yeah. so in 2023 uh if you're a woman going to a bank today and applying for a loan you you will still get asked to say hey bring a husband or a father or yeah. or a male figure mm-hmm. um yeah and partially you know of course the complexity of the process doesn't make it easier financial services is still a giant you know jargon driven jungle and mm-hmm. uh and not simple so our commitment is hey how do we make it easy for somebody who runs a small business to do this yeah. uh you know we in fact uh, document a lot of these stories on blog.myla.money mm-hmm. and i uh, you know please uh, do check it out uh, like there's a, a lots of stories every day so this the the biggest payout in this business is that this is happening almost in real time you get to see a lot of impact mm-hmm. so there is uh um there's a lady sonali who uh is in purulia bihar uh did a makeup artist course found a rental place to build a beauty parlor mm-hmm. and started like small and then you know took a loan from us to fur- furnish her parlor buy those nice chairs and you know those hot machines and things like that took another loan uh you know and has now kind of become like a rock star to you know mm-hmm. it's confidence inducing when you've done some things yeah uh so we see that women end up taking more than one loan because you know they and and we obviously want to make sure we we don't send anybody in debt trap we make sure they're financially uh on a viable track so there's a lot of education financial literacy financial planning that that mahila money offers as part of the part of the loan to so say mm-hmm. hey 
you know, start with a smaller loan and then go on. 60% of the users we work with are new to credit. Mm -hmm. uh, like there's another woman in Gurgaon here, Arti. Uh, she had a cab, you know, she's a cab driver. She, she, she's a single person cab company. And uh, she um, took a loan to buy her second cab from us. So that really sort of became, again, another very exciting story. There's a lady called Rekha Lokna yeah. who, who built her own PCOS, uh, you know, homemade remedy. And she's productized it. In fact, she took an 8 lakh rupee loan that has now become a two and a half crore turnover business, you know, in, in whatever year's time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think there's just a lot of these little businesses that are, yeah. you know, you know, they're doing their thing. They're obviously not, you know, in the press. They're still, you know, uh, very, very small. But, uh, yeah, at least they found some place to anchor them. Yeah, yeah. I think the most amazing thing here is uh, the incentive are aligned uh yeah. you know you you want to grow with your users and for that you have you know, the entire uh support system in yeah. place yeah. so sairi seems like you know the the long-term vision would be it ends up becoming a full stack bank uh for women is that uh how you're thinking look i think that would be ideal uh you know being a bank is a lot of work and a lot of regulation yeah uh today i think we're just happy being my lemony uh you know, uh, LSP or a TSP, as we are called in the in the financial mm -hmm. services world. Uh, basically, look, what are we good at? Yeah, we're good at this, right? We bring empathy to the table. We we have insights on the segment. Our heart is tied to it, right? So I think we're going to do what we know best. Uh, the good thing is the financial services sector is growing so fast. Mm -hmm. The innovation fintech is growing so fast. So we're not fundamentally changing anything. We're just bringing a whole new demographic and creating a fantastic experience for them. Uh, I do think there's an opportunity to build a women-only digital bank in India, mm -hmm. but you know it's a it's a pipe dream today. It's yeah. uh, it's a little away, but uh, I do think we we need to be a lot more focused on how we serve the segment. Yeah. There is a reason why microfinance was built as a women-only thing almost, right? Mm -hmm. Like 95% of microfinance customers were women. And uh, and that service design was very different from traditional financial services. Mm -hmm. And that thesis is very strongly held by me that if we got to serve the segment, then experience design is very, very core. Got it. Love it. And uh, sorry, uh, we'll move on to uh, your angel investments. Uh, you know, seems like it came very natural to you where you were meeting a lot of founders uh you had sairi saturday and of course you know, the natural next step is they're seeking you uh you know your advice and then uh capital yeah. and seems like that's how it started uh maybe uh you know what's outside of uh capital what's triggering you or, or let me uh, step back of course you know there are financial gains as well once you know the investments are doing good outside of that what gives you the most energy to back uh, other founders i think um, very simply i would like to say that these are companies i would have liked to build myself right obviously one can only build one company at a time and uh, that's not enough so uh, the investing thesis for me is very very simple it's literally uh, things I want to see more of. Uh, so we have a very strong gender filter. Uh, so at least 70% of the investments are in women, women-led, women markets. Mm. So not going away from, 
you know, last 15 years of work at Shiro's, yeah. Lexi Mons, now Mahila Mane. So very closely anchored there. You know, women are still the first preference from an investment uh, point of view. Second is just what, what I like to call world positive companies. So companies that are, you know, making a difference to the world. Uh, so we ended up doing a lot of climate and sustainability. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, women do women are doing more climate tech startups than men at this point in time. So we did, uh, you know, uh, so there is a world view about building, right? So yeah. the motivation has to be a positive impact on the world uh, in a, in a you know, non-patronizing sort of a way. So this is not an impact thesis. Mm-hmm. It's literally, what do you want to see more of in the world? Uh, and of course, you want to be, you know, want this to be equally sexy, equally edgy, equally commercially viable. Uh, so the company that I always sort of quote is Patagonia. You know, you can be both. You can be an edgy brand and a fantastic financially viable mm-hmm. business, but you can also be world positive. You can have your own view on the world and sort of go from there. Uh, so that's fundamentally the thesis. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's what, um, you know, one has ended up doing. Women are, of course, you know, uh, number one just from, you know, what we want to lead with. Got it. And Sari, so, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you must have done over 25 investments. Yeah. Uh, what's something that you know now yeah. you wish you knew earlier about angel investments? I, we were talking about learnings here. Right. So honestly, I'm still new as an angel, but uh, I think a lot of my angel learnings are still learnings as a founder. You know, yeah. I think uh, it's it's very clear that Honestly, angel is not the asset class to make money. I always say this, and I think, uh, and that's something I wish a lot of angels knew that, yes, you hope you are, some of your investments will do really well, but if you're really in the optimization business, take that money elsewhere, take it to some bond or whatever else catches your fancy. I think angel investing is a way to learn about business. Uh, I think what is uh, interesting to me is, as I've done this, is how little founders and probably a lot of angels know about the legality of building a company or the legality of what it means to sign all those papers when you build a company, right? So I think those are very, very, uh, you know, telling. I think, you know, even in my angel portfolio, we have seen everything, right? You've seen up rounds, you've seen down rounds, you've seen shutdowns. Mm -hmm. I think uh, what is interesting is how everybody talks about everything else, product and product market fit and companies and hiring and, you know, AI. Yeah. I think there's not enough conversation about, you know, the nitty gritties of, uh, you know, stashing the right paperwork uh, and, of course, making it simple because it's not an asset class uh, that uh, needs a lot of heaviness built in. So uh, I still see that uh, uh, we are maturing as an ecosystem, but this is, you know, still a little, you know, in the, you know, in the works, like in some ways, YC made it very simple to do paperwork, right? Like yeah. and then Angel listed a lot of simplifying the paperwork. Yeah. I do believe that uh, 
we're learning as an ecosystem, you know, and uh, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to see that change. Yeah, yeah. And Sairi, you know, you've been building it uh, for the last 15 years. Uh, you're building and now you're supporting other folks who are building. And uh, and you started when, uh, you know, it was just, there was nobody. I mean, very few funds, uh, very difficult uh, to, to build. And, you know, the internet penetration wasn't there. The payment infrastructure was not there. Man, you all, uh, that cohort of 2008, 10 or around that, yeah. uh, I know you've done it. I don't know how you've done it, but uh, all, uh, you know, appreciation to you. Uh, Sari, given all the experience you've had now, and now you're seeing how things are panning out, uh, any change that you would like to see uh, in the ecosystem? Absolutely. I think our ecosystem needs to be very founder friendly. I think a lot of us came from the trauma of having to work with um, almost predatory environment, right? I think, uh, you know, like if you if you compare SHAs that were signed pre, pre-2018 and post, you know, 2018, you will see a stark difference just in the terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, founder success. I think there are a whole lot of founders who have given a whole amount of time to their companies with absolutely no sort of uh, recognition from their cap tables. I think the truth is for any anybody who invests, you have a whole portfolio. The founder has one company. Yeah. And I think there's a whole generation of founders who've built companies with, with way too much uh, of navigating this whole ecosystem, right? So I, I think uh, we need to be a lot more simpler founder friendly. I think the number one thing I want to see this ecosystem do is support founders in their entire journey, not only when they're becoming unicorns or going IPO or raising your next Series A, but all through, especially when they are, you know, maybe closing a company. Like I spoke with somebody this morning. She pinged me yesterday to say, hey, I'm shutting down my company. And, uh, you know, we got on a call to say, hey, these are the five things you need to do and let's put a date to it because that's also work, but that's work. Nobody's going to come and like help you with, Mm -hmm. right? Or founders' financial success. Like there's a whole generation of founders who never took secondaries. Like secondaries are very new, by the way. Their last five, seven years of, you know, and of course, uh, and this is something I learned from Ash at Sama, and he always, I think he he is, is quite a visionary about this. He said, I make sure my founders are okay and they're taken care of and I am supporting them in the best way possible. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us came from places where you didn't even have a second opinion on your legal documents or on your, you know, uh, what's going on or like are these terms okay like I actually send, ended up signing an employment contract that didn't have a it didn't have an exit clause like it said you're perennially you will never leave the company and I was like what and of course you sign everything in zest because like you don't think it's yeah it really means anything yeah but you know like these are not uh friendly terms it's exactly you know while building a company any company is hard enough uh and one thing i want to see more of and you know and this is a call out to any founder who's listening if you need any help on legal opinion terms discussing some of these things that you don't know how to take calls on reach out of course feel free to reach out to me but reach out to anybody you trust or are near to because uh I think these things matter or they will, uh, especially as your companies grow and the complexity in the ecosystem goes up, mm-hmm. uh, super interesting to see some of these, uh, you know, things. Got it. Uh, so you said Sama, uh, Ash of Sama? 
Yes. Yes. Got it. Uh, no, that's uh, yeah. It speaks uh, volume. Uh, if uh, if we can, you know, as you said, like I'll make sure to take care of my founders, and uh, and also I feel like Sairi, it's a function of uh, you know the ecosystem. It's coming to that maturity where a lot of founders. In fact, this is what I'm seeing, and we'll see that a lot of founders and operators uh, from you know existing unicorns uh, would either start up again or they'll become full time investors. Yeah. So I think they will bring uh, that change because mostly because they've been through the entire yeah. journey. They understand. They're more empathetic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess it's uh, mostly you know a function of really where we are in the cycle. And and with this, Iri, you know my my co-pilot uh, Alfonso in the back. Uh, let's, let's show oh. you is is over oh. there. So he drives uh, the final part of the podcast, and right. and he's asking me. Uh, so, Sairi, what's your typical day like from waking up till going to bed? Oh, wow. Um, actually, my day varies. Depends on if I'm traveling or not. But on a day when I'm at home and, uh, you know, my day typically starts literally with um, meditation. Like the first thing I do is actually put on my inside timer app and take 10 minutes to just wake up, like, you know, bring myself to some senses uh i um i do my yoga in the morning uh that's how i sort of start my day uh and uh fitness is really important to me and i think as i grow older it's becoming even more important so um uh, like and i now have a personal trainer and you know he keeps me on my toes uh it starts with that i think i'm at my desk by 9 nine thirty most days uh i because one has worked you know all through this is like this is the way to bring sanity to the day right one has to get to work and you know start looking at what's going on uh what i'm doing a little newer is uh i think earlier the work days were inanely long and they would just extend now i try to wrap up my work by five you know so and then go to my gym work out for an hour come back spend some time with my daughter she's a teenager so she doesn't need a lot of spending time with now mm -hmm. but um yeah and then of course um try and do an early day you know so uh early dinner max by seven you know seven thirty and then i'm you know i read i i love uh a lot of alternate healing stuff so i'm always enrolled in some course acupressure and mm -hmm. uh you know all of these things so reflexology foot reflexology mm -hmm. uh so yeah i think uh, so evenings are just for some of that and you know just hanging out occasionally watch some tv if at all but uh yeah normally and but most days i'm traveling so when i'm traveling it's all over the place to be yeah. honest uh yeah. yeah so yeah it's simple weekends are uh saturdays are mostly for ecosystem i would say anybody is welcome to like if you need to find me uh find me on a saturday i will always you know put mm -hmm. you on the calendar sundays i'm available you can't find yeah. me you can't move me you can't touch me i'm just you know uh i refuse to basically and uh yeah i think sundays i like to drink beer in my pajamas and watch netflix <laughs> got it and sorry is there anything that you've been wanting to learn but just haven't got the time yet um actually i've been meaning to certify myself in yoga 
uh, you know, live in one of those ashrams where they do 200 hours of training in a month kind of thing. That hasn't happened yet. So, and of course, I want to continue to learn healing stuff, you know, a lot more around acupressure and okay. uh, a whole lot of alternate healing, essentially. I find that fascinating. Uh, yeah, I've been learning a lot more about food and gut health and plant-based diets and millets, mm-hmm. but still still in learning mode. Yeah. Got it. Looks like you're very, you're a lot deep into uh, the physical health, mental health, and then of course, uh, food uh, that comes with it. And uh, Sai, you know, we know you uh, as a tech entrepreneur, as an investor. What do your friends know you? Uh, I have to confess, I think as a tech entrepreneur, I always worry whether we have any real friends, (laughs) because (laughs) we're always at work. Yeah. I think... um, what do my friends know me as? I think um, in in a social setting, especially in a friendly setting, I'm the quietest person. So when I'm at work, I'm all like, I'm always, you know, making a speech and I'm always doing things. Yeah. Outside of that, I'm very laid back, you know, and I'm very like literally, you know, lie on the porch all day and look at the garden or the sun kind mm-hmm. of person. Uh, and I love my chai and my books. So I, I said that I'm super lazy, if you will, and very, very, you know, not inclined to do a lot. Uh, and really, really value that, you know, like the slow life outside yeah. of work. Yeah. So most of my friends know me like that. Uh, I think some friends uh, are just folks one likes to hang out and chat and, you know, just exchange a lot of notes, especially if you have some common ground. Unfortunately, as you keep growing older, folks you grew up with are not part of your world anymore. They live in some other part of the world. Yeah. And you mostly know people who have professionally shared journeys with you. So so there's always, I think work is never far away. You know, even if you're not working, you're always thinking about things that are, you know, they stem from the same, you know, the ideas of entrepreneurship or starting up or technology or women in that case. I think um, those are sort of, uh, uh, and adult friendships are hard, right? And if you're an entrepreneur and an investor, they're even harder because you're always having a tactical conversation. And I find that that's happened to a lot of my friends. That's happened to me. It's, uh, you know, we're just so marinated in our worlds. Yeah. Uh, therefore, yoga is a big escape to me, you know. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's a big escape because, you know, in, in that moment, you're literally somebody. You're just like body lying on the mat, right? Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. you know who you are what's your hashtag and you know twitter handle is nobody cares which yeah. is perfect i'm learning to make new friends by the way it's something that i had never thought about yeah. but i'm beginning to sort of spend more time with folks um who i appreciate and enjoy and these are not necessarily folks i know you know uh, from work and that's new that's new and fun and i'm hoping that you know like in due course you know i'm able to like do more of that do some new experiences for example uh yeah so got it got it i i hope you get to uh do the yoga course soon uh i think you're just gonna love it and, and yeah it seems like your escape is more around you know uh physical activity which is gym and then yoga and then you know, spending time by yourself, which is through your know, nice yeah. uh, chai, you said, and then... Uh, and my cat, actually. My greatest escape is my cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's her name? 
<laughs> I know. I definitely think I'll become one of those crazy cat ladies with yoga or something. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> Got it, Larry. Thank you so much. Uh, I had so much fun. Thanks for coming on the pod. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, so nice to see you again. And uh, yeah, be in touch.